Okay, um, let's turn to John chapter 10 and Psalm 23. John chapter 10 and Psalm 23. We're uh, continuing with our study of the Holy Spirit and His leadings and guidings. God directing us through the Holy Spirit within us and we're, we're learning how to we're going to learn how to identify his leadings and how to cooperate with him so this is the name of this is he leads me part two he leads me part two and let me get over to John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So, um, you know, the shepherd would go in the gate to the field. He wouldn't climb over the fence or crawl under the fence. Now, a thief would crawl under the fence, wouldn't he? <laughs> but the shepherd would just go through the gate because he, they're his sheep and he belongs there. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So every flock knows the voice of their shepherd. And when he walks in that field, I don't care if you stick five different flocks all in the same field. When that shepherd calls his sheep, his sheep are going to come, and the rest are going to stay because they know his voice. And if some stranger walks in there and starts trying to call them, they're not coming because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. They know the voice of their, their shepherd. Let's say this out loud. He's my shepherd. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. I hear his voice. And I obey his voice. Now, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Say, He leads me. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's say this out loud. He leads me and I follow. I am led. I am guided. And I am directed by the Spirit of God within me with precision. Now, uh, you know, right now, you may not really believe that. You know, that may not be your experience, maybe. Maybe you might say, well, I don't know if I know God's voice or not. Well, if that's the case, uh, don't ever say again that you can't hear from God. Don't ever say again, I'm just slow and I'm just slow catching on and I just don't hear God very well. Don't ever say that again because the more you say it, the more you're reinforcing your spirit not to be able to hear. So by faith, you just start saying, I'm his sheep, he's my shepherd. Jesus said, I know his voice. And if Jesus said, I know his voice, I know it. And, and it, right now, I may just have to claim it by faith, but I'm going to know and recognize his voice. Amen? 
And when you begin to confess that and believe it by faith, your spirit is going to begin to open up and, and it's going to start cultivating a, a, an environment for you to be able to hear the Lord. And your, your spiritual ears are going to open up. Now, uh, if you weren't here with us last time, or even if you were with us last time, you can go back and you can listen to the the part one on uh, the website. But we'll just briefly give a little summary of what we talked about. Uh, we're, we're talking about learning to be led by the Holy Spirit in the affairs of life. And it's one of the most important things any Christian can ever learn. Uh, do I go here? Do I go there? Do I take that job? Do I take this job? Do I buy that car or do I buy this car? Uh, you know, the first thing you need to do is ask, Lord, what do I do? Show me. What do I need to do here? Show me. Uh, if we always heard from God, we would never miss it. We would always be in the right place at the right time, and we would never be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're going to get proficient at this. And a lack of knowledge in this area about uh, becoming sensitive to the Lord's leadings and, and uh, expecting the Lord to lead you and expecting to hear from Him and believing that He can speak to you and lead you in even the smallest affairs of life a lack of knowledge in this area uh, is a major cause. I'm not saying always, but I'm just saying it's one of the reasons uh, that tragedy can come into Christians' lives. And, and we talked a while back you know, about some factors that, that cause tragedy to come into people's lives and they're not even aware of it. You know, things that they do or say, uh, um, you know, that gives a loophole, an opening for the devil to come in and bring tragedy, and they're not even aware of it. And, and this area of not being able to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit and just being guided and led by external things, uh, somewhere down the line, uh, people who continually uh, look to external things and try to interpret the will of God through their circumstances, somewhere down the line, it's going to lead to loss. And uh, so this, this is one area where the devil can get in and bring tragedy to people. But we're going to get proficient at this, and we're not going to give him any loopholes. So we mentioned that every sermon, every teaching, every prophecy that you hear, whether it's in this meeting, whether it's on TV, or whether it's somewhere else, you are to judge that teaching or that prophecy by two things. Do you remember what they were? What's the, what's the first thing you judge when you hear a teaching or you hear somebody prophesy something? You judge it by the word, the written word. Does that agree with the word or does it contradict the word? And that's why it's important. If you don't know the word, you won't know if it's God or not. You know. So that's one reason it's important to know the word. And secondly, we judge it according to the inward witness. The Holy Spirit living in our spirit. The inward witness. If... Uh, if it contradicts the written word, throw it out, leave it alone, walk away. If, uh, if what is the person is saying is of the Holy Spirit, you have the same Holy Spirit in you that wrote this book. And you have the same Holy Spirit in you that Moses had and Abraham had and David had and Jesus had, and Paul had, and so if it is of God, the Holy Spirit will witness in your spirit, yeah, this is of God. I'm hearing, I'm hearing from God. And if you don't have that witness in there, something's just not quite right here, 
then leave it alone, walk away, let it go. I don't care if they're, I don't care who said it, I don't care if they're on TV five times a day, I don't care if they've built ten churches and written fifty books. If it, if it contradicts the word of God and, and if it doesn't bear witness with your spirit that this is of God, then you leave it alone. Amen. Hallelujah. We looked at John 16, 13. Jesus said, Howbeit when he the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit hears what God says. And the Holy Spirit, who lives in us, speaks to us what he heard God say. So that's the way it works. He, uh, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Let's say this out loud. He will guide me, and he will show me. So showing us things to come is part of God guiding us. The Holy Spirit showing us, revealing things to us, is part of his guiding us. We looked at Romans 8, and we talked about two ways of living. Living according to the flesh, or living according to the spirit. Just being aware of your flesh all the time or being more aware of your spirit. People in the world, the unbelieving world out there, they're not aware that they have a spirit. They're aware of their body and they're aware of their mind. And that's, that's it. They're body conscious and they're mind conscious, but they're not aware of their spirit because there's one reason their spirit is dead to God. It's dead to the things of God. But we're learning to become more aware of our spirit uh, in order to be led and directed by God and to become more sensitive uh, to our spirit to, to begin to focus inward when we look for direction and not being so uh, body and, and flesh minded like the unbelieving world. We don't have to be controlled by our flesh like unsaved people are. Uh, we looked at uh, Romans 8.14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So those that are led by the Spirit of God, they're not being led by external circumstances. They're not looking at situations and circumstances around them to try to discern the will of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God uh, we're focusing on our spirit who has the Holy Spirit in us. And that's where we, we receive our leadings from. That's where we receive our leadings. So when you're led by the Spirit of God, it leads to life and peace. You have, you have peace. Uh, we'll make it into that later. Colossians 3, you know, says... Uh, uh, let peace be your umpire. You know, let peace be your umpire. The umpire in a cricket game, match, they call it the ball in or they call it out. It's either inbounds or out of bounds, and it's up to the umpire to decide. Uh, he, he, call, he enforces the rules. And so the Holy Spirit is in us, and he'll say, that's of God or no, that's not of God. And if it's of God, you'll have peace about it. And if you don't have peace about it, it's not God. So we, we uh, looked at uh, Romans 8.15. Do you remember what we're not to be led by? Fear. Fear, yeah. We're not to be led by fear. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Let's say this out loud. God did not give me the spirit of fear. I don't make decisions based on fear. I'm a child of God, and I'm led by the Spirit every day. 
Now, verse 16 of Romans 8 tells us how God leads us. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit. He, the same Holy Spirit that wrote this Bible is in you, and, and um, He will bear witness with our spirit that it's of God. In a way, you could think of it kind of like a traffic light. If you're getting a red light, you don't go. You stop. You know, you don't proceed. If in your spirit you got like the red light comes on, don't proceed. You, you don't proceed. You get a green light, it's free, clear to go. So you got peace. Uh, you got peace. That's a very important leading. Uh, and your witness... Your spirit bears witness that this is of God. Then you got the green light. You can proceed. Amen. Brother Hagen used to say, uh, "If you know, if it's not of God, your your spirit won't bear witness with it." He says it's kind of like standing in the shower with your socks on. <laughs> There's something just not quite right, you know. In your spirit, there's just something not quite right, and you may not can put your finger on it, and you may not can identify it right at that point, but if it's not quite right, it's not right. So just go with the caution light, you know? Or just don't proceed at all. Millions of church-going Christians don't believe that you can hear from God directly, personally, or specifically. Uh, in the Old Testament, the people of God, they had to go to a man to find out what God said. They did not have the Holy Spirit living in them. They were not born again. So the only person who had the Spirit of God come on them was the king or the prophet or the priest. So that's why the people would have to go to Moses to find out what God said. Or they'd have to go to Samuel or whoever the, the Elijah or whoever the prophet or the priest or the king was to find out what God said because they couldn't, God couldn't communicate with them directly like he can with us. This is why we have a far better covenant. God can speak to us directly 24-7. We, we don't have to go to a man or a woman to find out what God said. And sometimes they'd have to wait 40 years, you know, or something to hear from God. I mean, it was terrible. Uh, so we don't know how good we've got it, I'm telling you, folks. Uh, but today there are still groups of churchgoers who believe that you need to go to a man to hear from God or you need to go to a man to get them, or woman, to get them to pray for you or to tell, to tell you what God said. And that's just not true. There are people that believe that everything that happens to them, God's trying to tell them something. They're, you know, everything that happens to them in life, their circumstances, they think God is in all their circumstances, whether they're negative or positive, and God's trying to tell them something. And this is not true. We saw in 1 Kings 19, you know, where... Um, God was not in the wind, and God was not in the earthquake, and God was not in the fire. He was in a still, small voice. He, God speaks through a still, small voice. Now, uh, you know, in, in the book of Acts, God was in an earthquake once. You know, when Paul and Silas were in jail, and the earthquake hit the prison, and all the prison doors opened, and, and the you know, um, they all got saved. So when, when God's in an earthquake, it's a good earthquake. And nobody gets hurt. That's how you know the difference between uh, whether God's in something or not. If, if an earthquake causes destruction and killing, God's not in it. You know, a while back we talked about God's not the destroyer. He's not the destroyer. <clears throat> So God's not using disasters and accidents and sticks to guide and direct you. We looked at Psalm 32 where it says, Don't like, be like the horse or the mule that have no understanding. No. You've got to have a stick 
you know, to guide them, or you got to put a rope around their neck, or a bridle, or something external to direct and guide them to get them to go where you want them to go because they don't have understanding. They're just a brute beast. And we're, we're not brute beasts. We are created in the likeness and image of God. God's an intelligent being. We're intelligent beings. And we're capable of understanding him. And then we looked at uh, a number of scriptures in Acts where God spoke specifically and directly to believers. And he said, go here. And he said, don't go there. And he said, go over there and, and tell this to those people. God spoke directly and specifically to believers in the book of Acts. And we're in the same church. We're born again just like them. We have the same Holy Spirit. So we can hear from God just like they did. Amen? But this is not something that you hear much teaching and preaching about. So consequently, we don't know much about as a whole. The church doesn't know much about this. But we're going to know. Amen? So today, let's turn over to Revelation. We're, we're going to... We're at least, we're making a start, and we're going to get more proficient at this. Hallelujah. Because God doesn't lead by the school of hard knocks and trial and error. Revelation 2, verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Verse 11, read out loud. He, let's read it together. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Verse 29, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So the Spirit was saying something to the churches. Who was going to hear? Yeah, not everybody. Not everybody. God was speaking to all the churches, but not everybody was going to hear it. Uh, not everyone that heard they, they heard with these physical ears, but only a spe specific group was going to hear it with their spiritual ears. And it's not because God's withholding information and he wants to keep us in the dark. Uh, it's not because God's deciding who has open ears and who has closed ears. Uh, Revelation 3, verse 6. Let's read it out loud. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Verse 13. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. So today, we're going to talk about what makes a hearing ear. What can affect your ability to hear from the Lord. What determines whether your spiritual eyes are opened or they're closed? So we're going to talk about one of those, one of those factors today. Discernment and revelation doesn't come by intellect. Doesn't come by head knowledge. It comes uh, within your spirit. And this is why just being highly educated uh, you know, does it determine whether you have spiritual ears to hear what the Lord's saying or not? Intellect has nothing to do with it. Uh, someone may have a lot of brains, but they don't have spiritual ears to hear. Everyone has these physical ears. Everyone's got these. But everybody doesn't have spiritual ears to receive spiritual things. 
And consequently, millions of people have hardened their heart toward God. And, the, and consequently, as a result of hardening their heart toward God, they have closed their spiritual ears and they've closed their spiritual eyes. The, the condition of your heart affects your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears. When you harden your heart toward God and the things of God, it's like putting a blindfold on you and it's like stopping your ears up. And, uh, and this is why there are many people, as far as they're concerned, there is no God. Because they've hardened their heart toward God, they've closed their spiritual eyes, they've closed their spiritual ears, so as far as they're concerned, that's why they'll tell you there isn't a God. And, and they'll, they cannot see any evidence of God around them because of the condition of the heart. They've hardened their heart toward God. Romans 1 tells us that God has clearly revealed himself, even the Godhead, and his mighty power through creation. Why can't everybody see it? Romans chapter 1 tells us that. Why can't they see it? Because even though there's proof of God everywhere, they've hardened, they don't want to see it. They have closed, their, they have hardened their heart toward God and consequently their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears have been closed and even though there's proof and evidence of God everywhere, they cannot see it and as far as they're concerned, there is no God. Uh, you take a scientist who has lots of degrees, lots of brains, you know, but they close their spiritual eyes and their ears toward God. They're stubborn. They're prideful. Uh, they think they know all there is to know about the universe, and they think they figured it all out with their great intellect. Uh, that's, that's very prideful. It's the opposite of humility. And as a result, they cannot see God. That's why you get these people, you know, that are, are atheists, because they have hardened their heart and they've closed their heart to God. And pride is a major hindrance. Pride is a major hindrance to... Uh, to being able to have ears to hear and eyes to see and, 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 and to be led by God in the things of God. Pride is a major hindrance. When people reach the point where they think they know it all and they figured it all out with their intellect, their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears are closed. Their heart's not right before God. Consequently, it, it affects their spiritual ears, their spiritual eyes. As far as they're concerned, there is no God. On the other hand, you can take a scientist, the same degrees and the same scientific subjects who has opened their heart to God. They humble themselves before God. They can clearly see intelligent design throughout the earth and the universe. And instead of using their knowledge of science to try to continually prove there's no God, they're continually using their knowledge and experience in geology and archaeology and, and uh, physics and math to, uh, to prove that, that there's abundance of evidence already here, just like that agrees with the biblical account of creation. So they can, they can clearly see what's the difference, the condition of their heart. They both got the same degrees, they both got the same, uh, you know, doctoral degrees or whatever in the same subjects. One has humbled themselves before God and they can clearly see God all around us. And, and they, uh, they approach the universe with an open heart toward God. And they acknowledge that they don't know anything apart from God. And, and consequently, boom, God begins to reveal these things to them. And they didn't figure it out. God revealed it to them. Uh, and they use their knowledge to substantiate the, pre the, the, 
the presence and evidence of God all around us. So the problem is not trying to get God to speak to us. The problem is us developing ears to hear. We need to develop, we need to train our spirit to begin to recognize, to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to begin to recognize his leadings and promptings, um, and not just begging God to speak to us, because he, he is speaking to us. He's speaking to us right now. Uh, but we need to develop our ears. It's like if, if you want to tune in to Classic FM, and you're on the AM band, it isn't going to work. You're, you're never going to tune in to classic FM on the AM band. You've got to get over on the FM band. And so that's what we need to do. We need to, to learn how to fine tune our ears to get in on the FM band where God is. So that's what we're learning. Hallelujah. We're going to hear uh, God speak to us and we're going to obey his promptings. He's going to lead us directly and personally and specifically. Verse, where are we? 22 of Roman, uh, Revelation 3. Read out loud. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Only those that have ears to hear are going to hear it. Now, we won't turn there, but you can write down Revelation 13, 9. It's along this line. If any man have an ear, let him hear. You've heard that more than once in the Bible, haven't you? If any man have an ear, let him hear. What kind of an ear? Hearing ears. Ears that are open, not closed. That's, what, that's the kind of ear he's talking about. So who decides whether your spiritual ears are opened or closed? We do. We determine whether our spiritual eyes are open or whether they're closed. Because they're our ears. They're our ears. So it's up to us. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Jesus made this same statement in Matthew in Mark and in Luke. Some form of this statement, if any man have ears to hear, or let, let um, you know, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You can find this statement in some form all throughout the Bible. It's in Deuteronomy, it's in Isaiah, it's in Ezekiel, it's in Acts. Talking about eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that understands. So the problem is not trying to get God to speak to us and lead us in the right direction. The focus needs to be on us developing our ears to hear and to pick up, uh, to pick up his signal. So the problem's not on the transmitting end, the problem's on the receiving end. So that's what we're, we're developing, and, and we're going uh, to learn how to do this. We're training ourselves to become more sensitive to our spirit and the leadings of the Holy Spirit within us. Now, um, you can turn to Matthew 13, and I'm just going to read this scripture from uh, Isaiah chapter 6. But you can turn to Matthew 13. Now, in Isaiah 6, 9 to 10, it says, And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their eyes heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Now, in Matthew 13, this is, this is Matthew's account of the sower sows the word. 
And Jesus was teaching this parable. And as you, you, I'm sure you've all read it before. He talks about four types of ground or four types of soil. And these types of ground or soil symbolize conditions of the heart. He, he wasn't just talking about physical ground, although he used these agricultural terms and parables because that's what the people could identify with. They were farmers and they understood uh, farming and agriculture and all, so Jesus spoke to them on their terms. But these four types of soil, wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground, all these all represent conditions of the heart, people's heart conditions. And he goes on to say, only the good ground heard. Only the good ground had eyes to hear, eyes to see, and ears to hear. And only the good ground received the word and, and acted on it and believed it and produced a harvest of what was sown. Only the good ground had ears to hear. The other three didn't, didn't receive. The, either the, the birds came and stole it, or they let the devil steal it out uh, away from them, or the sun, you know, dried it up, all these different reasons. They all heard the same word. Why did only one receive and the other three did not receive? Because of the condition of their heart. They had ears to hear. So the people represented by the good ground had ears to hear and they received the word. That's why you can come to a meeting like this or you can go to a believer's convention and, and uh, something is said, I mean, you see some, God reveals something to you and boom. You may have read a scripture many times and all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit just reveals something to you. Say, I see it. I see it, and the person sitting next to you is like, what's the deal, you know what I mean? I mean, they, they didn't get it. They didn't get it, and you got it, because you had ears to hear, and you went in there with ears to hear with the intention that I'm going to hear. Amen? So verse 9, uh, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The disciples asked, uh, you know, why do you speak to these people in parables? In verse 11, he answered and said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So they had ears to hear. They had open spiritual ears. They had open spiritual eyes. It was their choice. All four of these types of people, all these people, they all heard the same word, they all had the same choice to have ears in here or to close their ears. But to them it is not given. So only a heart of faith can hear. And only those with spiritual ears to hear can hear. Verse 13, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they see, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Now Jesus is going to explain why they couldn't see, why they couldn't hear, and why they couldn't understand, even though everybody there heard the same teaching. In verse 14, and, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Now that's what I just read over in Isaiah chapter 6. This is Jesus quoting this scripture from Isaiah. And them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, now notice the connection between your heart and your ears and your eyes. We're talking about spiritual ears and spiritual eyes, not 
natural ears and natural eyes. Uh, the word gross here, where it says waxed gross, it means dull, callous, <laughs> hardened, and insensitive. Dull, calloused, hardened, and insensitive. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes, they have closed. Who closed their spiritual eyes? They did. The devil didn't close their eyes. They closed their eyes. They had ears to hear. It was their choice. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Verse 15. In the, I want to read that from the New Living Translation. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. Now that's about as plain as you can say it. That puts a connection between the condition of their heart and having ears to hear or not having ears to hear. They're, they harden their heart, their spiritual ears close up. Um, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So the more calloused and hardened your heart is toward God, you can't hear him and you can't see him. And that's why basically you have atheists and everybody in between, you know, uh, that uh, as far as they're concerned, there is no God. Or, or well, God never speaks to me. Well, uh, they just need to train. They just need to get their ears open and, and develop in learning how to uh, hear from God because he's speaking. Write this down. The condition of your heart affects your ability to hear from God. The condition of your heart affects your ability to hear from God. And we're not going to get into it now. We might later. But you can see now why the Pharisees never got it. They never got it. They had these ears, but they did not have ears to hear. Uh, let's turn over to Acts 28. Acts 28. Paul's going to refer to this same scripture in Isaiah, the same scripture. He's going to quote the same scripture Jesus did in Matthew 13. He's, he's come before Rome. He asked for an... Uh, what do you call it, an audience with Caesar to make his appeal to Caesar. And while he's there, he's called those Jewish leaders together. And in verse 23, it says, And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him and to his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. And now, now he's going to quote uh, this verse from Isaiah. He's going to explain, why did, why did I just get through speaking from morning to night? These people have not heard anything. They have not believed anything I've said from the word. He says, Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet and to our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, calloused, hardened, insensitive, and their eyes are dull of hearing, 
and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted or changed and I should heal them. So Paul ran into a stubborn, prideful group of religious people who did not have ears to hear. And, a, and after all day listening to him expound on the word of God, they got up and went home and they didn't believe a word that he said. So uh, last, uh, I guess it was back before Christmas, um, I, uh, you know, I go on face, the ministry Facebook page and I, I post, you know, little nuggets on there which I suggest that you go in and listen to, uh, read on a regular basis. It's just a paragraph usually. Uh, apart from ministry, I have no interest in Facebook at all. I, have, I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at my personal page, but uh, it's a good tool to get the word out. So I suggest it's just go there, spend two or three minutes, get, get some encouragement and a good word and get off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's what I do. I go on, I put a word in, and I get off. That's about it. But one day, I I went in to put, uh, I posted something about prosperity from the word, and a few days later, I noticed this man had responded to what I had put on there from another country, uh, and I noticed. You know, some, some of these pages, they tell you a little bit about the people. And I saw where he went to university. Uh, and anyway, he had a go at me, uh, uh, jumping on me about faith and prosperity in the Bible. And uh, so when I saw where he went to university, I, I wasn't too surprised. But um, he, anyway, uh, I answered his question and I, you know, responded according to the word and the teachings of the Bible. Uh, and then he dropped that. He came back, didn't, didn't go back to that subject anymore, and he brought up something else. So I answered that, you know, according to the Bible. Next time he came back and he dropped that, didn't bring up that subject anymore, and he jumped to something else. So after a few days, of doing this, you know, I'm catching on. This man has no interest in knowing the truth. He wants to argue, he wants to debate, he wants to reason, and he wants to air his traditional opinions. And uh, this, is, this is one reason, I think, why social media is so popular because it's a worldwide platform for anybody to go on and they can air their opinion about anything. And so he's, he's airing his opinion about, you know, uh, what we believe about the Bible concerning faith and prosperity and, and what God promises us. But then, like I said, he jumped from that onto something else. I mean, it was just one thing. He was just bouncing all over the Bible, you know. So uh, I, after two or three times of this, I thought, uh-uh, I'm, I'm not wasting my time on this. This man has no interest uh, in the truth. Uh, you know, he didn't come back and say, well, thank you for clearing that up. Thank you for answering that question. Or could you, could you direct me where I could get some more information or teaching on this? No, it was always, uh, you know, jabbing, you know, and strife and everything. So, um, so I thought, I, I'm spending my time on people who want to know the truth and not people who just want to uh, air their traditions, uh, you know, and uh, traditional thinking and their opinions. So in my last correspondence to him, I sent him this scripture. <laughs> I said, Jesus mentioned you in the Bible. <laughs> and I said, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, 
and their eyes, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their ears and hear with, uh, hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So that was my last correspondence with him. And I didn't hear anything again. Uh, a few weeks went by and I had put something else on Facebook and I saw he had popped in again but I did not even open it. So, uh, so I've dropped him and he's dropped me because I think he saw I wasn't going to take the bait, you know. So uh, I haven't heard from him anymore. But, uh, you know, uh, his eyes, his ears were not open. I mean, he had his traditions and that's it. He was not open to any, anything else. Uh, you know, he had his opinions and, and you know, uh, concerning healing. This, you know, Jesus said if, if they open their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears and, and change, I'll heal them. You know. But he can't say on judgment day that he's never heard. No, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Proverbs 14. I found this verse in Proverbs 14 that also goes along with this man and people like him. Which Proverbs? Proverbs 14, 7. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive the, in him the lips of knowledge. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. It doesn't say try to win them over. It doesn't say reason with them or argue with them or debate with them. It doesn't even say pray for them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with praying for them, but it doesn't even say, it says walk away. That's what you do with somebody who's closed their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears and, and they, they don't want it. So I, that's what I perceived in this man. He had no hunger for knowledge of the truth. Uh, he, had, he, he, he was prideful. He was stubborn. And the, Jesus said the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. So what's the cure for this condition? Matthew 11 Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 15. What does it say? Let's read it out loud. He, here we go again. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. <laughs> He's trying to drive something home, isn't he? He that his ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. One of the things that will make you, and, and I know from experience, and I know everybody in here would probably... Uh, identify with it. One of the things that will make you restless and frustrated is not being able to hear from the Lord when you need to make a decision and, and, and not knowing what to do. It's tormenting. It's tormenting when, when, you, when you need to hear from God and you need, do I go this way or do I go this way? And uh, it's tormenting. So you don't have any rest when you're in that position. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Now when you think of, most time when you think of yoke, you think of something negative. The devil's yoke is oppressive and burdensome. But God's yoke is a good yoke. Ver, uh, Matthew 11, um, 28. Yeah, Matthew 11, 28. Or 29. Yeah. Uh, he said, my yoke, take my yoke upon you. So with his yoke, he's going to direct us and guide us. 
So God's yoke is a good yoke. It's not oppressive and burdensome like the devil's. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So here Jesus is saying, learn from me. And he's talking about humility. Humility and meekness. So you take his yoke by humbling yourself before him and uh, submitting yourself to him. If you find yourself developing, and usually it's gradual, if you find yourself developing a bad attitude toward the Lord or you get huffy about something or you, you, you become bitter, you, become, you begin to close your ears uh, to, from getting direction from the Lord. When your heart's in that condition, you're not going to be able to hear from the Lord if you're getting bitter about something or huffy. Um, so the cure, you go home, you get on your knees, you humble yourself before the Lord, you submit yourself to Him, you say, Lord, I don't know anything apart from you. You know, I repent of being stubborn or whatever, or prideful. Um, I'm willing to be willing. I'm asking for your direction. I'm asking for your guidance and your leading. Uh, apart from you, I don't know anything. And I'm asking for your direction. And when you do that, you're opening your heart toward the Lord. You're, you're, you're humbling yourself before Him, and it opens up your heart, your spiritual ears, and you, you will begin to pick up you're now cultivating an environment for your spirit to begin to pick up the leadings of the Lord. So this, this humbling yourself and doing, doing a spirit check, basically, doing a spirit check uh, on yourself. This is how you fine-tune your heart and you tune in to God's transmission because the Lord's Leadings are not physically discerned and they're not mentally discerned. Uh, we're not led by the Holy Mind. We're led by the Holy Spirit. So you're going to pick up God's leadings in your spirit. So this is why we're learning to develop and train our spiritual ears. What opens them? What closes them? Now we know. Now we know what, what closes our spiritual ears off. Now we know what opens up our spiritual ears to hear from the Lord. First uh, John, we'll just briefly turn to First John 2. First John 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction, or an anointing, from the Holy One, and you know all things. So by this anointing or this manifestation of the person of the Holy Spirit within you, you know all things. Now this doesn't mean that you're omniscient like God and you know everything in the whole world. That's not what it means. It means you know all things you need to know. You know by this unction, by the Holy One within you, you know all things you need to know. Let's say this out loud. I have an anointing from the Holy One and I know all things I need to know. So this is not figuring it out with your head. It's revealed to you by the Holy Spirit in your spirit. So like I said earlier, don't ever say again that you can't hear from God. Verse 27 says... But the anointing which ye have received of him abides in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not coming and going. He, he stays. He stays. And you, you need not that any man teach you. Now this doesn't mean that we don't need preachers and teachers. Because Ephesians 4 says God gave gifts to men, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. So we know we have a need for preachers and teachers and, and other ministry gifts. 
What it means is you don't have to depend on a man or a woman to tell you what God said. You don't have to depend on a man or a woman to tell you what God said. And if God does speak to you through a man or a woman, you don't just have to rely on what they said. You've got the same Holy Spirit in you. If, if what they're speaking is by the anointing of God, you've got the same spirit in you, and your spirit will identify with that, and it will witness with that, and you'll know this is of God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Like I said, there are religious circles that teach people somebody else has to pray for you, somebody else has to hear from God, somebody with five theological degrees you know, can only tell you what God said in the Bible. That is not true. Let's say this together. I can be, I will be, specifically, directly, personally, led by the Spirit. Amen. One more, one more scripture quickly. Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost, uh, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. He says, today harden not your heart. So it must be up to us whether we harden it or we humble ourselves before him. That's, that's up to us. So hardening your heart is like stopping up your ears and putting a blindfold around you spiritually. That's what happens when you harden your heart. Verse 11. Um, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. When you harden your heart, you dull your hearing. You're restless and frustrated and you lose your peace and your joy. Jesus said, learn of me, humble yourself, and you will find rest for your souls. So, we all want to hear from God, don't we? And we all want to hear from God today. So we are hearing from God today. Through his word, we're hearing from him. How do you get to know and recognize somebody's voice? If someone calls you on the phone, if, if you know them, they don't even have to identify themselves. They can speak three words and you know immediately who it is. Because you know that voice. You've heard that voice many times. You've heard it when they're happy. You've heard it when they're sad. You've heard it when they're crying. You've heard it in all situations. But you've, heard, you've become familiar with that voice because you've heard it many times. And God is training us to recognize his voice. The same spirit that spoke to Moses and Abraham and Elijah and David and Paul uh, wrote this book. And the same spirit is in you. The same spirit that spoke to these people is the same spirit that's going to speak to us. And, and the more we learn the word, the more we, we begin to recognize how God speaks. That's why I would suggest, if you don't already, take a chapter every day and read. Read one chapter a day, preferably in the New Testament. I'm now in Revelation, and when I finish Revelation, I'll go back to Matthew and I'll start all over again. I don't, I haven't tried to keep up how many times I've read through it now. When I get to the end, I just start all over again. But, and I'm not saying don't read the Old Testament. I mean, especially Proverbs is very good. But, um, uh, the New Testament's written to, to us specifically as believers. 
So I would say begin now, start tomorrow, read a chapter a day, begin to become familiar with how God speaks and through his word. Begin to familiarize yourself with how God speaks in his word. You know, some decisions, some decisions or some things you need direction on, you can just go to the Word and find it. But when you need to know, do I buy that car or that car, or do I take that job or that job, you can't turn to the Bible and find that. You're, we're going to have to be led by the Holy Spirit within us to pick up direction about that. But the same Spirit in the word is the same spirit in us and even though different men wrote it down and penned it uh, there were different messengers of the word it was the same holy spirit speaking through them so we're going to have to hear from the lord about some of these things through the leadings of the holy spirit write this scripture down i thought this was good isaiah 30 21 it says, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, isn't that what we want to know? <laughs> this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. The New Living Translation says, your own ears, spiritual ears, will hear him. Right behind you a voice will say, this is the way you should go, to the right or to the left. Now that's what we're after. We want to hear that, recognize that voice saying, this is the way, to the, do I go to the right or do I go to the left? Amen? Let's stand up together.